Welcome to The Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress and Corinne, and I have a wonderful guest on today's episode, Austin Fahrenholtz, who is the Director of Campus Ministry at James Madison University. We have a very lively discussion with a tremendous amount of laughter and jokes and, and fun times, but we are discussing the dangers of being close to the Lord and uh, the role of emotions in our spiritual life. So we had a great time and we hope to have Austin on in future episodes, but sit back and enjoy this episode. Yeah, we're at JMU. We're That's actually right. we're not at UVA today. Remote broadcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Yeah. Thank you for welcoming us in to your yeah, my name's Austin. Austin. I was going to say, Austin, let's let's go ahead and let you introduce yourself, yeah. if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I'll treat myself to an introduction. Mm. Get it, son. <laughs> my it. name's Austin. You got it, Corinne. It's cool. <laughs> my name's Austin, director of the campus ministry at James Madison University. Go Catholic Dukes. Go Dukes. And Begins with God. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I know. I, I know things. That. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got so, you. We got uh, you. Corinne and I, she used to be at... Christopher Newport University. That is true. And I was at the parish, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. So mm. we've worked together before. Just celebrated that feast day. Yeah, we did. It was a good it's day. A good one. Great yeah. day. Mm-hmm. And I don't know Father Joseph Anthony at all. No, so I mean, I'm is... trying to think back. How did we meet? Yeah, I don't even We're just know. Like, I've just seen you around. Yeah, like, that's about it. What's up? A lot of head I'm, nods. I'm, uh, I'm very uh, noticeable. Yeah. Did yeah. you get that? Very yeah. memorable. The very white memorable. maxi dress gives you away. EC, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Only I get to say that. <laughs> We've worked together for three years. Dress. <laughs> There's five five minutes in purgatory. Yeah. Well done, Corinne. Well, thank you. Thank I you. look good in this. All right. <laughs> Never said you did it. Never said death. you couldn't pull it off. Yeah. Um, but who doesn't look good in a white maxi saying, dress? Yeah. Let's be honest. White and black makes everybody look good. <laughs> everybody look good. There's enough. Go- well, anyway. You know what I don't look good in? Pinstripes. Flesh colored. <laughs> <laughs> For the record. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. So, Corinne, you're here to reel us back. What's happening? I know. Like, I you're, just, losing, you're losing yeah. control. I know. Already. I know. I don't know this what to do at this point. This is a Catholic podcast. Holy yeah. smokes. For yep. all the listeners out there, uh, Austin right now is <laughs> rocking avocado socks. Is that correct? Yeah, you, you got, got it. Look at that. Oh, avocado yeah. Looking great over there. Very hip. Yeah. Very hip. Avocado toast. Um, it's my favorite. But you've you've been director of campus ministry at JMU now for one full year. Uh, not no. even. Sept- not even. September than, will be yeah, a full year. Yeah. Heck yeah. of a first year, huh? Oh my huh? goodness! You're telling me. Yeah. I came in. Uh, fun fun fact: my uh, my patron saint is Padre Pio, and I started mm. here full time on the feast of Saint Padre Pio, September 23rd. Beautiful. So it was great. Just the saints always looking out for us. Um, yeah, and I uh, lived with my family with five kids with my in-laws in Stanton and we thought it was going to be very temporary as we sold our house and tried to buy another one in Harrisonburg and things just dragged out. Um, so we actually moved to Harrisonburg the Friday that the students left for spring break and, oh, uh, wow. they never came back from spring no break. Way. That was the timing on it. All? <laughs> yeah. Oh my yeah. Gosh. We moved that Friday and they never came back. So I'm a mile and a half away from the ministry, like so accessible, so excited to be so close to the students and they're gone. So Jesus uh, just loves inviting his body into his 
suffering. It's so wild. Wow. But you know what I've learned from this? Let me tell you. Tell me. Is that um, I have a tendency to envision what things are going to look like. Like, I'm always thinking about the future. Like, you know, here's what my ministry at JMU will look like. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, you know, thank you, Lord, for inviting me to be at JMU. And now I'm going to imagine what it's going to be like. And if there's one thing the Lord has taught me is stop imagining. Like, stop mm-hmm. imagining this and how you will create it, Austin. Just be content with whatever I put in front of you at any given day. And that's beautiful. That's yeah, wonderful. So that is something that I, we've learned living in the present moment. Father and I, we've so much had to practice that a lot. There's um, actually it was something I was reading this morning um, and for meditation that said to part of the reason that the rosary is beautiful is it helps us to grow deeper into the med, uh, the mysteries of the Lord's life. Right? Mm. It helps us to grasp that, meditate, to wrestle with these key moments in the Lord's life. But the physical activity of letting these beads slip through uh, your finger from one to the next helps you to grasp the present moment and to oh, let go of the wow. past. Mm. And so, so just that, that very physical act of letting these beads slip and slip and slip but then you're holding on to what's directly in front of you and what's present is helping us to inculcate that kind of very christian mentality of not living in the past mm. you know letting the past then inform us but at the same time to be completely present to what's right in front of us and then you're drawn in to the next mystery yeah like it's Absolutely. not like you're mm. pushing into it and pressing forward and like i can't wait for the next you know the crucifixion that's what i want to meditate on you're just drawn naturally mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. That's beautiful. The rosary's so good. Dude. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dominicans, y'all like like the rosary, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not our fault that Our Lady gave it to us. Like, <laughs> oh, my, my bad. Hate is going, hey. Flex right hey. here. Humble brag. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. NBD, it's fine. Um, <laughs> so which, which, are the, which are the four mysteries do you, do you most enjoy praying? Um, I think I want, I want to love the joyful mysteries the most, mm. but I really love the sorrowful mysteries. Mm. Ooh, nice. Yes. Like there, there's something about the scourging at the pillar mm. that I can't, um, it just captivates me. Um, the crowning of the thorns, like those sorrowful mysteries are the ones I continually go back to. Mm. Like once I pray the mysteries of the day, if I'm going back to it and like I get to choose which mysteries I, I you know, like choose your own ending novel, like choose your own mysteries rosary. <laughs> like, uh, if I'm getting to choose, I find myself just always choosing sorrowful. Mm. Oh, that's awesome. Father, I didn't know that the scourging at the pillar meant that much to you of all of the sorrowful mysteries. I had um, a focus Wait. missionary. Hmm. Which one did you think I would choose? Let's play a fun game. Oh, Ooh. Hmm. Maybe the crucifixion. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see. Yeah. You're but wrong. I, I heard the most. <laughs> <laughs> oh you don't God. even know him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's only been three years. It's not like we've been through a lot. Wait, before your story, what's yours? <clears throat> what's mine? Um, I think I'm kind of the same way. I, I actually, I really do love the joyful mysteries, but I think my melancholy means that I can more easily fixate on the sorrowful mysteries, Hmm. but of the joyful mysteries, which I do love, I think the nativity is my favorite. Okay. Yeah. That's my favorite joyful as well. I've been, I've been meditating on the joyful mysteries and what the Lord has been like leading me through is how they are so tied 
to mm. the crucifixion and to the cross. So there is a foreshadowing of the cross in every single joyful mystery, which has been like blowing my mind. So I'm like, okay, yeah, these are my favorite. Like, oh, it's so beautiful. Um, which I'm, I, I won't walk through that maybe another time, but okay. The scourging of the pillar. Yes. Yes. Please. A focus missionary shared this meditation, which has stuck with me every time I play, pray that mystery. This is what comes to mind. He was saying that he was meditating on the scourging at the pillar and what he, like the image that was coming to his mind was like the scourges were so long and the scourges were standing so far away. And his question to the Lord was, Lord, why? why are they standing so far away from you? Like, why is that so long? Like, why is that what you're communicating? Or why is that what's coming to mind? And he said through prayer, the Lord was just so clear in saying, because they know if they got too close, that their hearts would be moved and they wouldn't be able to do it. And it's those who get too close. So like the piercing of Christ's side, like the Romans soldier who pierced his side got too close yeah. and so he was brought into conversion and that when you get too close to the lord the good thief yeah exactly right within arm's reach of the lord yes wow. too close so that like being too close is a dangerous place to yeah. be because Zacchaeus, it means that you come down here yeah oh, wow. <laughs> you can't be unaffected yeah. so by being that, close to the lord it's the risk of proximity yeah like being too close to jesus yeah like, i think that's beautiful like oh that's a good when you get close uh, to him you can't not be affected and that in that's order true. to when his gaze falls on somebody mm -hmm. it's, it has mm -hmm. an effect yeah and that's i've it's peter I've been, by the bonfire in the courtyard of mm, the high priest yes he goes on weeps right yeah. yeah well that's i've been leading a student through salvation history and we are getting to the point where in um like leviticus and numbers like what the law like what is that for that's so like why would you want to read that what does that even mean well it's very important to know not to eat swarming animals like gnats yes so true, yeah. so true. thanks austin you you're welcome those. yeah Don't now now we know now we know <laughs> now we know it's written down yep <laughs> but it's it's that like how do you deal with an unholy people being close to a holy God mm. because he's not safe in our, our sinfulness and like Israelites sinfulness mm. meant that being close to him was dangerous. And so all of the purification, it was essentially like the tabernacle, like the presence of the Lord in the Ark of the covenant was like a nuclear reactive core that it was capable of such intense power. But if you didn't have the necessary precautions, if you couldn't handle that, then it meant that you were in danger of like being very, like wounded. Well, look what happened with, uh, I think it was with King David, right? Or Saul when they lost the covenant and it went into the enemy's hands. Yeah. And it started just bringing all these curses. Yes. They were like, get this thing away. At first they're like, this is awesome. We have all this power and then everything goes wrong. Yeah. Like, ah, get it, get it away. Push exactly. it away. Exactly. Yeah. Which an analogy that was given to me, um, or that I, I read was like sin was pretty much like, um, nuclear waste. That it's something that you can't just eradicate, mm -hmm. but that you have to contain and protect people against. And so, like, if somebody becomes radioactive, you need to separate them. Right. And then... Toxic, if you will. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, all of the law was meant to contain the effects of sin and contain sin. And so, you know, like, when Christ came on the cross, it was like he gave us some, like, magical... You know, new technology that somehow just detoxifies nuclear waste so that all of the old law becomes irrelevant because now, like, it's no longer just piling up and destroying everything around it. Which I was like, that is such a cool analogy. I've never thought mm. of it that way. There's, 
you, you said something earlier that made me think of like the kind of um and this is going back to discussions we've had in the past and and whatnot but like how um getting close to god is dangerous it's yeah. risky and it made me think of c.s lewis like as, yeah you know you knew exactly where i was <laughs> oh, going with I this. Did. you know because it's, it's one of your favorite things as well mm-hmm. is aslan's not a tame lion mm. he's not safe but he's good yeah yeah but he's good yeah and there's something i think um and this is also jumping over to something else we've talked a lot about but like um the the wilderness and the wild like there's yes. a beauty there's an attractive um aspect that we're not meant to live in a sterile environment we're not meant to be uh sterile ourselves but there's this kind of um risk this wild um capacity of humanity that is drawn to that and there's a reason that then we look to our lord and know that the closer we get to it the more adventurous our life becomes Mm. yeah you know you look at uh saints that had dove into the cloister um what's that french one um Carmelite French. Oh my gosh! Um, you mean Therese? Oh you yeah, mean your yeah, girlfriend. Yeah, okay, lay off. Okay, <laughs> Therese of Lisieux. Is that Therese? Yeah. Therese yeah. Of yeah, yeah. Do her. people know her? Should we talk? Oh I mean, my have you heard she, of her? I feel like I'm in passing. Do yeah. you guys have the same problem when you like talk about Lisieux <laughs> and people are like, "You mean the zoo?" No, I've happen? never had that. I've I, there's people, like people five times c- confuse her with the zoo. No, well, then I say like Lisieux. Lucille. <laughs> i'm gonna start saying that now Therese of lucille <laughs> Therese and lucille yep <laughs> the sisters oh, man. but you know what it's making me think of though is that verse uh from jeremiah you've duped me O lord and oh, i've allowed myself God. to be duped then when we get close to the lord there is this sort of like like lord i want you and like and i need you and then that duping almost happens mm-hmm. that like you're so close to him and you look back and you're like, I could never go back yeah. to being away from him because this life is so fascinating and so intriguing and so challenging um, that there's almost sometimes a temptation to say, maybe I'm too close. Like that's our temptation. It's yeah. like, I'm too close, Lord. Like you want so much. You want to be so close to me. Maybe I want to step back. This is the Christian but paradox. Been, yeah. Though, right. Like to find ourselves, we have to lose ourselves. Yeah. Mm, Father, it reminds me of your homily today on St. Mary Magdalene. What did I say? When you were saying how like she came close to er, Peter and John when they arrived at the tomb and they encountered, like you cited the line that was not in the gospel reading Mm -hmm. today, but that was left out. The seven verses that were left out. See, I listened. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. And how like when they believed that the like that what the Lord had said to him about his resurrection was true, they departed. And Mary Magdalene was the one that stayed. And you were saying that there's a temptation for like when we realize what who the Lord really is, there's a temptation of like we've gone too far or like we recognize how much in our life has changed, how much of our worldview has to change, how many things like need to you, it's it's the same um, thing like a priest told me like when you encounter Jesus truly encounter him your life is never the same right. and right. when we realize that there's a desire for that comfort of what we knew and so there's the desire to like go back home mm-hmm. to want to return to what we knew but Mary Magdalene was the courageous one who stayed behind and that it's her faith that allowed her to encounter the Lord first because she knew what was back there yeah. like she her life was one of being possessed and like and being terrible and so it was like, there's no going back, you know? Yeah. Whereas once you, once you taste that kind of freedom. Yeah. Like, can you go back? No, you can't. 
you but can't. people try, and, yeah. and there is that temptation. Like, and that's part of the insidious nature of the evil one, is that he knows an encounter has taken place, and he's going to try to undermine that by tempting to go back to what is comfortable, going yes. back to what is known. Because when you have an encounter with the Lord, you have, you know, what um, was it Pope Francis and Pope Benedict, they talk about, like, by devoting ourselves to Christ, new horizons are opened up to mm. us. Mm-hmm. But that's terrifying. Yeah. And and it's so unknown, too. Yes. Right? And yes. so it, when you look around, and this is what Satan loves to do to us, it's like, look around you. Look at these people that aren't mm-hmm. pursuing as deeply as you are. They're happy. Yeah. They're and content. you're confused. Yeah. yeah. And this is weird, and nobody's doing this like you. You should go back. Well, this Just is this is a thing that I've thought a lot about because you know, like people get on those like food trends of like whole, whole 30. thirty keto all these things it is so much easier to cut everything out than to just have a balanced diet and like and i've seen that a lot of people too when it comes to their faith sometimes it's a little bit easier to be all in when you're the prodigal son than when you're the older brother and it's a gradual continual like daily choosing of small things instead of just totally eradicating the life that you knew and being full on into something totally different there went my what was that? My poster it just fell off the door. That's fine. No big deal. Um, Satan doesn't fire. want you talking. That's I know, what's going I know. On. So That's I'm just gonna it. keep Let going. Let me distract. Yep. <laughs> but it's. I think it's very true. Like it is. It is harder to make small daily changes. And this is what my mom always said. My sister and I joke about this. All of like the mom isms that she would say. And she would. Always, she's like, when you stand before God one day, He's not gonna like look at all the big things you've done. He's gonna talk. He like He's gonna look at your small daily ac- daily actions. Hmm. How did you treat the woman at the food line checkout? Like when you had a bad day, did you take it out on her or did you choose to be kind to her? And I was like, mom, this is so boring. Why you, why you got to be saying the same thing? But I honestly, the older I get, the more I think that like there's so much truth in what she says, the small daily choices and not the like total changing of your entire life. That's the foundation for magnanimity. Yeah. Like there's no, you can't word. be magnanimous until you've learned the, lo- the little way. Yes. Wasn't there a saint who talked about Lulu? Oh I forget. Gosh. What was her name? Yeah, it's father's girlfriend. Luce, 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 Luce. <laughs> the zoo. The zoo. The zoo. Lucille. <laughs> that was it. Teresa Lucille. Louis the zoo. Louis the Louis. zoo. <laughs> oh, gosh. What but I that's done? true. I mean, and there's there's a lot of energy, especially as we all know, working on college campuses. There's, there's this brand new horizon when you walk onto a college campus that's like the whole world lies in front of you. You know, you have this foundation and now it's like you get to study, you get to learn new things and countless paths lie in front of you. Mm -hmm. And there's a great desire, even in a great push from our culture. That's like, like JMU's one of our mottos. I think they changed it a little bit. So forgive me, Mm -hmm. Catholic Dukes, but it was be the change. Um, when I was here, um, might be like being the change now, whatever. But like, it's like, go do something humongous. Yeah. Like, you you're equipped you've got intellectual knowledge like go do something big and we have that same desire i think in uh in our own faith is like i want to serve the lord i've encountered him i want to do something humongous yeah and usually the lord is saying hey just start small yeah but i mean this is uh this is what frustrates me is that we always are looking for these big flashy um just huge things like earth shattering moments of our life. And we are, um, we want that. 
but God reveals himself in a totally different capacity. Yeah. If we look throughout scripture and his revelation, he moves in much more subtle ways. Yeah, he's you know, the still small voice. He's, he's still not small. the he's raging not, fire, the He's wind. not the lightning. He's Mary not the Magdalene. thunder club. Who are you looking yeah. for? Yeah. yeah. Just showing up. It's just that, that simple question. Who are you looking for? Yeah. He came as a child born in a manger. Yeah. Like how much more humble, how much more subtle does he have to be? And we're looking for the, you know, the majestic uh, king riding on a stallion, like coming with all of his armies and being that brute force to be like, yeah, 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 I'm here. I got 15 million followers on Insta. Like I got the influence I need. But what he does is he moves in the subtlety and the recesses of each of our hearts. Yeah. And there's a much deeper consistency to those types of conversions. And even the ones that are, are, um, kind of drastic uh, major conversions, they have to be solidified in the quiet. Mm. They have to be solidified in the silence yes. in for it to truly uh, take root. Because that's what, once again, God reveals himself throughout his um, creation and how does growth really happen in nature? Yeah. In silence. Ooh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Let's break and that open a little more. I how love. Do, what does that practically look like? Like, he reveals himself, and then we have to grow in the silence. What does that, what does that look like? Well, I mean, you, you look at how what, what's necessary for natural growth of vegetation, right? You need multiple things, and if you stifle any one of those, it dies. You need good mm -hmm. soil. You need rain. You need sunlight. You need air. Yeah. Right, nutrient-rich soil. Like you have to have this beautiful combination. I think and that's time. more in time, time. Yeah. patience. Right. It's this is what you were talking about, Corinne. Is like it's you need true health comes from a balanced diet. Each one yeah. of these things in its moderation in its proper capacity. Um, it has to be totally balanced. But there's patience to this. You talk to a farmer, farmer, um, and he he knows it takes months to let the seed grow and you can tend to all the things around it you can tend to the soil you can make sure it's watered give it the light it needs but you can't rush the growth mm. this is something that i think i've always struggled with because right now we live in a very emotionally motivated culture mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's what that's what i think people like use as a gauge to like inspire growth and that's something like, Austin, you're the one who brought this terminology to me, like the kite versus anchor. So, <laughs> oh. yeah, I'm going to bring that up. What's the application of that? So are you experiencing this in your life? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I, I'm very much a kite. Which Father will explain that in the show notes. I'm don't worry. I'm sure he will. I'm <laughs> sure he will. Um, <laughs> gosh, way to derail. Kite um, and anchor, kite emotions, anchor. we're back. So like emotions, like I'm You're very a much a kite. You're a kite, fly high, fly and high. I'm, <laughs> I'm very much a person who is, who is motivated by like big things. And I like to be carried off by like big ideas and grand gestures and big things like that. Um, and I think what's that, those are the things that have motivated me in the past. And prayer, like I've had those big moments of faith where like it's been a very deep, you know, like not it's not that the lord like has spoken to me in you know like the hurricane yeah. and like but it's it's been very small still things but it's been like very definitive moments 
And the way that my faith, like that was initially, well, the way that my faith has grown since then, it's been like without that deep consolation, without those like bigger moments of inspiration. And like, it's the Lord taking me deeper and showing me that like my life of faith is very much like a daily choice. And it's something that isn't like, that's, I think that's how he calls our faith to mature. And so like the whole, you know, like I've, I'm naturally just motivated by like really exciting things. And so that's like the kite. And then the anchor is somebody who's like a lot more steady and able to see God in more of the mundane. At least that's how you described it to me, Austin, which I think. Yeah. In the context of a relationship. Okay. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Yep. Shout out to to who to the person i'm in a relationship who is an anchor and um, has a name but that's fine your face and is he's a really red right yeah. now by the way i'm gonna switch my microphone off if you don't stop i'm just, I'm, I'm just pointing out facts once again uh, <laughs> he's a great guy great anchor really is anyways <laughs> wonderful anyways. we all love him we all love him Anyway, yeah, shout out to you. <laughs> wow, train of thought anyway. derailed. <laughs> Thank I, you. I love this. I love this discussion on emotions and kites and anchors in relationships. But um, it's that that struggle with relationships or not relationships. I'm so messed up right now. Wait, that struggle with video, emotions. You should video these because it'd be really so should. much better. <laughs> <laughs> She's crying. She's crying. Oh, oh she needs a hug, but it's COVID. COVID. So mm, sorry. Put your mask back. on. Put your mask on. Oh, man. Get your um, nurse out. I'll drink to that. But, uh, well, what point were you even making with that? I don't... I'm, I'm well, like so I, lost we were talking now. about... Yeah, um, you the derailed role. it. We were talking about the role of kind of um, emotions and mm. how the struggle with emotions in our spiritual life is the fact that they are so freaking powerful Yeah, and we, and we so see fickle. them, but that's the problem is they're also really, really fickle. They're mm-hmm. fleeting. They change. And so if we have this really intense emotional encounter with the Lord or a conversion with the Lord, what do we do with that? Yeah. You know, can it or be sustained? Can it with be sustained? That? Or if somebody is not having that, what you know, that is that mean? problematic? Yeah. You know, so w- what's your take on like kind of the role of emotions in a spiritual life in a life of faith? Mm, good question. So I think that it's a, it's a very common temptation to think that I ask. So I ask lots of students, lots of friends, very common question when I'm talking to my, my closer friends, like, Hey, how's your prayer life? Mm-hmm. And, uh, what I've found in talking to people is that a lot of times the prayer life how people think their prayer life is is directly associated to how they're feeling about their prayer life. Their emotional response exactly. to God. So, so you hear it in lines like, well, I feel, I feel really good about it. Or yeah. It, it's, yeah. 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 You know, or I'm just, prayer you know, just felt really yeah, great. It just felt, yeah. Or like it felt awful. Like I feel like I'm yeah. really far from the God, from God. I'm like, well, why? Well, I wake up and I pray, you know, and I just don't feel anything. And like, and then I'll go to mass and then, you know, do my, do my work, whatever. And then like in the evening I try to pray, but I'm not feeling anything. So I just, I feel like a failure. Mm. Like, well, let's recap your day. You started with prayer. You went to mass. You prayed through the day. You prayed in the evening, right? You showed up. So your relationship with God is not dependent on your emotions. And I think there's a big theme in our world today that's like, uh, that bases a lot of your reality and your perception of reality um, on your emotional state. So 
how you feel is how you experience something, right? Mm -hmm. How you make me feel, Corinne, shapes my whole perception of you, Mm -hmm. right? But that's not true. Like, that's not who you are. If I have one bad interaction with you and it made me feel bad, and so every time I talk with you, my relationship with you is is formed by that feeling that's false and that does you a huge yeah it does you a huge disservice to who you are as a person Mm. so um that was kind of all over the place but no i want to push in that area a little more okay so what happens when we have a really good feeling about somebody right let's say we have we're attracted to them and they give us the butterflies or Mm. whatever you know what is that um is that the beginnings of something and I know, Karen, you talked about um, relationships. You brought that up earlier. So I'm just, you know, I didn't bring it up. You did. Um, but I know a My lot eyes of, could shoot laser beams at you. I know. I'm dodging like it's a matrix up in here. <laughs> um, but I think it does, it does bring up an issue with a lot of people in relationships yeah. where they have this kind of intense, I fell head over heels. And as soon as I saw them walk through the door, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but... What if that's not the case? Mm. Does it have to be the case? Like, do do emotions need to be the foundation? Yeah. So Fulton Sheen has this great imagery that I have stolen and shared many times, but it's of a boat. And uh, basically, he's got like, I, I adapted a little bit of it. So Fulton Sheen plus my own thoughts on this. Um, here we go. Fulton Fahrenheit. Fulton Fahrenheit. Oh, wow. I should name my next son I was going to say, please name your next child that oh, boy or girl. Fulton Francis Fahrenheit. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going to start praying for There he is. Yeah. What's yeah. up? What's your initials? Beefton. <laughs> uh, anyway. So uh, basically, the the imagery is this, that you've got a boat, right? And it's uh, you've got the sail. Let me see if I can remember this correctly. It's been a while. So the sail is like, um, is your reason. All right. And then the the, uh, the steering wheel, uh, there's a like nautical the rudder. Term, the rudder. The rudder. Tiller. Yeah, the tiller. Yeah, yeah, yeah something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. like, there's a steering wheel. We all know the pirate ship steering wheel. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Makes so, the go, boat go this way. That's right. We make it go that way <laughs> or this way. <laughs> So that thing is like your will. All right. And then your boat is sitting in like your emotions and experience and all of this other stuff. And so the, the, the boat that is correctly riding has their reason being filled with the air. Right. And so it's, it's letting the air in and it's, it's recognizing what's going on, like what's happening in the air, what's happening around me. And it's processing that. And then your will responds to your reason and says, okay, um, like, and if you want to go further, you can say the star in the sky is like God, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've got your reason pulling you one way. And your will says, we want to go the way that points us towards God. So we use our reason, we adjust our direction, and we mm-hmm. go. And we're able to go through the waves of our emotions that sometimes crash upon us, sometimes slow us down, sometimes speed us up, mm-hmm. right? But that's, that's where our emotional state is. Now, the upside down man, as Fulton Sheen calls him, is the one who who is basically the boat flipped upside down and the boat upside down basically is they're guided by their emotional state. Mm. Um, and then they use, so they don't, the reason doesn't disappear. Their will doesn't disappear, but their will is guided by their emotions and they use their reason to justify why they did what they did. Mm. So it's like, 
Well, yeah. I responded that way to you or, you know, you can go like if we talk about relationships, like, oh, my gosh, I'm so attracted to this person. Like, they're so, so beautiful, so wonderful. Like, I'm going to go back with them. I need to drink with them, you know, sleep with them, whatever. And then the next morning they go, oh, man, why did I do that? Well, the reason why I did that is because X, Y, and Z, right? So they're still using yeah. their reason, but they're backwards and they're completely guided by their emotions, which if you go in the water in an ocean, if you've ever been on a boat, the sea can do whatever it wants. It turns all over the place. It's I'm hard to follow. Boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> but that's the truth, right? So if, if your relationship starts with the initial emotional attraction to the other person, that's not necessarily like, doesn't mean it's going to end poorly. But there does have to be this this reasoning process, I think, of is this a virtuous person? What is this what is this attraction based on? Is mm -hmm. it based on my emotions? Is it based on the circumstances in which we're meeting? Is it based on physical appearance? You know, or is there something deeper and more profound that I can weigh and discern and ponder and contemplate and pray about and mm -hmm. then pursue? I, that's my thought. That's all I got. No, it's important because you're married and I am. Yeah. 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 For me, it was, she just cooked really great. Yeah. And that, that that's emotional. My, just that's emotional true. response. That's, that's all This food is. is amazing. So I can, I can, I can eat this yeah. for the rest of my life. That's good. That's good. That's good. Even the leftovers are great. Oh no, but gosh. seriously. So this is like one of the things that, that was, that stands out to me and my wife, Claire, uh, what she's just, she's a beautiful, wonderful woman. She I is. love my wife dearly. Um, is when we were dating early on, uh, we just stayed up too late. I think maybe drank too much, whatever. It just, it was not a very good environment, um, and made a couple poor decisions. Um, and then I went and saw her the next morning and she's like, awesome. We need to go to confession today. I'm like, dang. She's like, we need to go. I, I just don't feel right. I don't feel good. Like we didn't make the best decisions. Let's go to confession. And there was just something in me that became so much more attracted to her than any other thing I was attracted to her about. It was like, this is a woman who has placed virtue at the top of her priority list, who has mm. placed um, pleasing God above pleasing the boyfriend and like wow. and reconciling that relationship and wanting that one to be correct so that our relationship could be correct. And it was just, I, I mean... I didn't, that took contemplation to recognize, like, why am I so attracted to her? Because she said that, you know, but it was like, just this, yeah, it was, it was really beautiful. It's also a really, um, I think a masculine thing that like, she probably didn't realize what she was doing, but men respond to challenges. Mm, and yeah. by her simply saying like, Hey, that, that wasn't right. Yeah. You know, and we're going to, we're going to correct this by going to confession, but we should do better. Yeah. So you true. Know? And just as a man, you're like, Damn, yeah, I should do better. Than yeah, that. I because can. Because you know what? Yeah. If she has such um, and she has she values her relationship with God, and my role in her life isn't to take her away from that relationship. Yeah, it's actually mm -hmm. to help her. And by me acting as as I did, I hurt her relationship with God. Yeah. So you know what? By her just simply saying we need to go to confession was like actually I can do better. Mm -hmm. And just as a man, we respond to challenges. We respond to being challenged in different ways and it's like yeah i can i can do this better yeah and we love when a girl is going to call us higher 100 percent. oh yeah it's it, like it hurts that's and, like, the best it, it it hurts it stings but it's real yeah. and you're like because as a man you have that desire to provide and protect and when the one that you want to provide for and the one you want to protect says i'm not being protected you're actually making me vulnerable or yeah. you're you're exploiting me in some other way that is like 
cuts to the core of what it means to be a man. Yeah. And you have that like break point. Either you're going to decide to step up. Yeah. Change how you live, change how you uh, act, or you're going to then reject that. This brings us totally first full circle to where we started because this is us with God. Mm, Right. That we say like uh, we, we come to a breaking point. Like the Lord calls us higher and says, I want you to be close and intimate with me. And this is what this looks like. Yeah. And then he points to the cross. He points to his son and says, this is what it looks like. It looks like this level of love. It looks Mm -hmm. like pouring yourself out for the other, giving up your desires Mm -hmm. for the sake of the other person and living fully for them. And I promise you it is life and life to the fullest. John 10, 10. There it is. Like this is what it is. But What's the risk of that? I'm afraid I'm going to lose myself. Yes. And I'm so terrified. But what do you gain? You gain God and you gain the total totality of who you are. Yes. You, you attain your full identity, which is only known in Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you let go. Jesus Christ reveals man to himself. Yes. Oh my (laughs) God. All right. Turn it off. We're good. We nailed it. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) It only goes downhill from here. (laughs) Oh man. It's so true though. Like this is where the Lord calls us. Yeah. It's to this to this great height and he has it in mind for all of us. And I you know, I've been meditating a lot on Therese of Lisieux because she says like <laughs> Was that her name? Yes. Oh, okay. You laughed. I wasn't sure. Maybe it was something Father else. Just that you just can't never deal know. with it. <laughs> he can't deal with her today. He has the it's kinda like Karen and some random guy. It's a very complicated very relationship. Complicated. Oh, very Therese of Lisieux. It's not complicated. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not. Do you want to explain the simplicity nope. of it? Nope. <laughs> I'm not going to explain it to Austin, the world. Austin, uh, she has in, duped uh, me, and yeah. I, like it's just so no. confusing. <laughs> what was I saying? Something about Therese. Yeah, Therese. Teresa. Mm-hmm. My Teresa. Oh yeah, right. So she sees herself <laughs> as a little flower, like that's what she goes by, little flower. And so she's like, of all the plants in the garden, like I recognize that I'm just this little flower, but I'm going to be perfectly that little flower and just let this fragrance go up to God. And so she, in a sense, lost herself. And I think it's easy for us, particularly with, uh, at least it was for me in college and like, and I'm still struggling with this is like, it's easy for us to think of ourselves and think, I want to be that huge bush. Like I want to be that huge tree in the garden and just like produce massive amounts of fruit and like, and just be awesome. But Therese is the patron saint of world missions. Of being the best version of yourself. No, please. I was waiting for Please that. Please cut that out. I will not. I'm at nope. space. Cut you, that out. You. Oh, Gosh. Just be the best version of yourself. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Nope. Uh, Moving so on. Yeah. Oh, you've duped me yet. I oh. did. I did. I was waiting. Thank you. Oh, there's no this versions. Is... We're just be, be your, be you. That's it. Just, just you do you. You do you. you, do you. Just love your best life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it is going downhill. Well, you're talking about that desire to be something other than who you are. Yeah. Right. And this, we have these concepts of what looks like a good Christian, a good disciple, mm. and um, you know all of that fun stuff. Looking back on this past Sunday's gospel, we heard the parable of the kingdoms, you know, from Matthew's gospel, where he was talking about the mustard uh, tree or the mustard seed, smallest seed and whatnot. Yeah. And um, I was, you know, researching, doing some work for the Sunday homily and uh, kind of found out that this is an absurdity. 
like the mustard tree is the least desired tree out there like what? especially at that time like we think this mustard tree like the way the lord talks about it's like oh my gosh it's the smallest of seeds and then like the largest of plants but the reality is it's a horribly invasive plant oh, on the property whoa. like bamboo yeah mm. and like <laughs> it it's one of those plants that does, like you think cedars of lebanon you know, yeah, these yeah, big yeah, yeah. majestic trees yeah. that have all these branches and these birds of the air are nesting in there and these squirrels are like hanging out and having their raves and parties and all that fun stuff. But the mustard tree is a bush that is very small, like eight to 10 feet tall and grows wide rather than tall. Oh my gosh, you've just Whoa. rocked okay. my life. I have Whoa. to ponder this for weeks. It's, it's the craziest thing because it's this gangly looking thing that nobody wants around. And every like farmer, as soon as they find a mustard bush or a tree, they just uproot it because they don't want it anywhere around because they can't plant their crops then. And it just takes over. And it takes over. <gasps> and so There's layers here. So what does the Too Lord say layers. to us? He says, <laughs> the kingdom of God the kingdom of God is like this gangly looking, like least <gasps> desired thing in the world that nobody really wants around, but yet it still houses and gives home to every bird of not only kind. that, but it takes over everything. It does. Yeah. And it oh. just keeps spreading and going. Wow. It's, yeah, it's and it crazy. uproots what you your own plants. It uproots That's exactly like, right. Here's my plan, here's my garden, here's my life. This is what it's gonna look like. And then here comes this mustard tree bush. But, but isn't that exactly what you talked about at the beginning? Yes. How your imagination of what ministry would look yes. like when you stepped in. That oh, was my I had garden. This, perfection. Yes. this is your garden. And like Lord's like, you know what? I want the kingdom of God, actually. Mm. So I don't care what your garden, what your field looks like. Here's one tiny little seed called a mustard seed yes and it's just going to take over yeah because it's the kingdom of god and it's going to look messy and it's going to be this gangly looking thing but man will it taste good on a hot dog boom mm. <laughs> i love it that is so good that That's just beautiful. rocked my life what reminds me too of how like the gospel it's not about us like it's not about our effort Snaps. it's not about like well, we have to like find the right things and do the right stuff. But like, no, it's going to take over on its own. Like by the very nature of it, it will spread. It's not us achieving the best version of ourselves. Exactly. It's the Lord drawing uh, us into our true and fullest identity. Exactly. You mean redeeming and recreating his image anew within us. I guess something like yeah, that. Weird. Uh, okay. Uh, it's yeah. his work. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Okay. You could say that. I feel like Pelagian wouldn't agree with that. Pelagius, <laughs> but you know, that's probably right. <laughs> Crazy pal. Oh, pal, pal. <laughs> oh, please no. Um, uh, we're devolving quickly. Yeah. So I think we're gonna end it up yeah, there. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go. So we're gonna hang out and just it's like shut it's it like down. It's like some You know, cooking. it's five forty-five. Yeah. What? Yeah. Dang. I'm about to miss Dude. dinner, y'all. No, nope. And that's nope. one imagination thing that I don't like to miss is nope. what dinner is going to look like. Especially yep. emotional ones. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grounded Catholic. A gigantic thank you goes out to Austin Fahrenholtz for welcoming us to Harrisonburg for the afternoon, his great hospitality, taking time out of his day to record this episode with us. Grant and I had a wonderful time, um, and hopefully we'll be able to do that again in the future and have Austin back on in future episodes. As always, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
please like and share, or you can find it on our website, catholicwhos.org slash podcast. That's catholicwhos, H-O-O-S dot org slash podcast. And as we end this episode, I have one final request, and that's if everybody, all of our listeners can take a few seconds out and pray a Hail Mary, Glory Be, and Our Father for all of our incoming students that are coming to Charlottesville for this uh, fall semester. It's going to be a crazy semester, and so every extra prayer is definitely uh, desired and appreciated. So all of our students, whether they're new students, returning students, if you could just offer a few prayers for them as we prepare for this fall 2020 semester. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you.